Praise God. Can somebody give God some praises in the house today? Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so happy to be here again with you after these many months. Where Pastor has been becoming a very good friend of mine. We've been talking a lot and we've been sharing. We want to do some special things down in Guyana as well. I covet your prayers on those kinds of missions, what God is about to do. And we want to ask you to be fully a part of it. You might not be able to come to Guyana, but you can send your prayers and you can send your support in every way possible so that the great gospel can be expanded all across the nations. I'm happy to have my family also with me, my brother and his wife, my smallest sister, my smallest brother. Amen. I have another brother here today. He doesn't live in this part. Forbes is here. Praise God. Kay is here. Praise God. And all my nieces and nephews around. God bless every one of you in a special way. I didn't even know my sister could still sing this great. That was a great song. Tremendous song. Amen. Praise God. And the beautiful words, beautiful words. She's a tremendous encouragement to me since I was a boy. She used to take me to all the crusades around, all the crusades, all the preachers around. So I'm accustomed to preaching. I love preaching. And she would take me all over the place, all over, all over as a little boy. She would tag me along and got me in the church, got me in the gospel. It's a tremendous thing when you can have a sister who can bring salvation to your entire home and all of your family can get saved. Amen. All of your family can get saved. And she has maintained her integrity all of these years. And she has maintained her encouragement all of these years. And I believe that all of my siblings can say the same thing about her. But we love you. And... Uh, we lost our mom, but she is a nice fit right in as a mom to me, amen. And so we hail her today in this great house. And to all the pastors in the house, I leave my honor with you today. And to all the household of faith, I love the church. I love the people of God. Amen. Wherever I go. And I've gone tremendous places, many places I've gone. And I just love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe you're going to be tremendously challenged today and encouraged. I believe with all of my heart. The message was a blessing to me. And if it blessed me, it has to bless you. Praise God. I'm preaching today on the subject, the power of faith. Can you say that with me? The power of faith. The power of faith. Out of Acts chapter 3, verses 6, 12, and 16. Acts chapter 3, verses 6, 12, and 16. Praise God. I'm sure it's going to be on the overhead. Uh, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us? As though by our power or holiness we have made this man walk. Verse 16. And in his name, through faith in his name, had made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, faith, the faith which is by him, had given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for lifting your word from the very pages of Scripture and bringing them alive in the hearts of your people today. So bless your word to our hearts and glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise the Lord. We hear terms like 
how is it that you have no faith? We hear terms like, how are ye of little faith? We hear another term, have faith in God. We hear more terms, that God has given a measure of faith. And we hear about the proportion of faith. Then we hear that your faith fail not. Then we hear Peter say, Lord, increase our faith. And then we hear the master himself say, I have not seen such great faith. So, no faith, little faith, measure of faith, proportion of faith. But the power of faith, I'm going to push aside some negatives, is not demonstrated by our own power. And that's what Peter was expressing to the people in his day. He said, you think that this man has gotten healed by our own power? You think it's because of our own abundance of wealth and ability or strength or might or, or, or manly vigor or authority? No, 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 no. It's not demonstrated by our holiness, our reverence, our piety, our fear for God. It's not because of this. Many people, I dare say, Many people have lots of devoutness going for them. They have a fear for God, but they lack the power of faith. Faith is not natural. Faith is supernatural. We have to have the power of faith working in our lives. The reality of the power of faith is in the name of Jesus Christ. That's where the reality of the power of faith lies. In his name. And that's the name of Jesus Christ. But I want to pause long enough to, to bring out something on name. That's what Peter said. It's in his name. Even before he said Jesus Christ, he said it's in his name. So, let's stop. What's it in the name? Everybody's name has a character or an honor or a dishonor that goes along with it. Everybody's name. Sometimes you hear, oh, that family? Oh, no, you, you, no, no, no. You don't want to have anything to do with them because of the name that they carry. Uh, so, somebody said, oh, you, you're a Welsh. You, you are one of those Welches. Now, now, if we were on the wrong side of things, uh, nobody wanted to be in association with us, right? But you can feel free to associate with us. We're Christians. We're saved. Feel free. So, there is an honor right there in that name. Uh-oh. Simon? Okay, yeah, we can flow with Simon. Because we know the Simons. And you can put your family's name there because you're saved. And you're sanctified, you're holy, God failed you. What about guys and people want to be in association with you because of the honor of your name? So Peter said, it's in that name. So when we stop now, we recognize that there is authority in the name of Jesus Christ because we've now found out who Peter was talking about. He's talking about Jesus Christ. There is character. Praise God. Character. There is dignity. There, that name is a reverent name. It's an honorable name. The name Jesus Christ. He is the anointed Savior and deliverer of the world. That's why that name is so authoritative. That's why it's so powerful. Jesus Christ. He shall save his people from their sins. And he was anointed to do exactly that. That's why he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the people.
words, deliverance to the captives. He had sent me to recover the sight of the blind and to set at liberty those that are bruised. That's why that name is so authoritative. And that's why we sing no other name but the name of Jesus. No other name but the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. No other name but the name of Jesus. And then we sing, he is worthy of glory and honor and power and might and dominion. It's the reality of the power of faith is in his name. The reality of the of the power of faith is faith in that name. Let me say this. Jesus is there. He knew what he came for. And he's done what he's come to do. But you know what the Bible says? You and I have got to do something about his coming. And that's why the Bible says, he himself said, but as many as received him, to them, it's not to somebody else, but it's as many as received him, to them he gives the power. To them, he gives power to become sons and daughters of God, children of God. What have you been doing with that name, please? What have you been doing? Oh, in my home, not my home, somebody's home, Christ is the head of this home. Listen to the next one. Listen, don't, don't, don't say amen too quickly. Don't say amen too quickly. Christ is the head of this home. The unseen guest at every meal. The silent listener to every conversation. Now, you see, that's where the problem is right here. I don't need anything like that in my house. You know Why? Because if Christ is the head of my home, he must have an audible voice in my affairs. He must not be a silent listener to my conversations. He must say what must be done in that home. His authority must be stamped in my home. I don't want him to be any unseen guest. I want his presence to show up. And we must know that he is there. Hello, somebody. I must know that the Lord is in my home. I must know that the Lord is present here. And I don't want him to be unseen. Everything around me and everything around my life, it must show clearly that Christ is in this home. Jesus lives here. His power resides here. His anointing is here. is to believe in Jesus Christ with a firm persuasion, an assurance, a confidence. This And this is our work. This is what Jesus Christ said. This is our work. To believe in him whom God had sent. We have got to believe in, in John chapter 6, verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him. No, that's not hard work. I find that that's not hard work at all. If all I have to do is believe on him, and that's the work Jesus Christ said, that's what I want you to do, just believe. Can you understand, therefore, how much we shortchange ourselves by not having that power of faith, that belief that Jesus Christ can do exactly what he says he will do and what he wants to do in our lives. And so for greater emphasis, we have in that text there, faith. Through faith in his name. Greater emphasis yet. Be certainly assured of the veracity and truthfulness. Be confidently certified. You can rely on that name. You can rely on the name of Jesus Christ to bring your blessings and your benefits. Here's a powerful example. Abraham, the Bible says... Not being not weak in faith, being not weak in faith, 
promises of God. But was strong. Now, of course, the opposite of weak has to be strong. So he's not weak in faith, but he was strong in faith because he was fully persuaded. And, and you know what fully persuasion says? Listen to what Philip, fully, being fully persuaded says this. Even if at this particular point in time, God does not deliver me, I'm not going to bow down to believe anything else. I'm going to stick with what God's word says. I will not bow down. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. What is it that you're trying to tell me? That if I go down to Jerusalem, they're going to, I'm going to suffer trials and tribulations. They're going to bind me up and take me out. Paul says, listen to me. My faith tells me, my youth and faith in my master tells me that even if they kill me, I'm unmoved in my faith. I have an assurance. Jesus is who he said he is. Are you saved? Live like you're saved. If you're saved, walk like you're saved. Talk like you're saved. Believe like you're saved. Let people know you're saved. Spread that message. I'm saved. I'm delivered. I'm set free. Yes, I've got a pain here, but I'm still saved. Things ain't going right around my home, but I'm still saved. That's the power of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. How can I receive this power of faith? Uh-huh. Come on, this is good for you. How can I receive this power of faith? The power of faith comes from intimacy with God and His Word. The power of faith comes from intimacy with God and his word. Intimacy, closeness, togetherness, friendship, affection, familiarity. How, how, how familiar are you with Jesus, anybody? How, how close, how confidential are you with Jesus Christ? Have you ever thought about Adam? And the closeness, the intimacy that Adam had. You see, everybody talk about Adam after the fall. After he fell, everybody talks about that. But let's talk a little bit about Adam before the fall. Look at the intimacy. This man had such intimacy with God. Look at the wisdom that came out of his life. Adam looked at the donkey and he says, donkey. He said, horse. He said, cow. He said, deer. He said, Rhinoceros. He named them all. Didn't you know that? That's the wisdom that comes out of intimacy with God. He looked at the woman after God brought this woman. He said, This woman, she was taken out of me. Where did he get that from? How did he know that? Because God put him on a on the greatest operation table, giving a sound sleep. Soundly to sleep. Took out his rib. Made that woman. This no this kind of surgery, he had no after pain. You know that, right? This is no running back to the medical practitioners because something is left inside of there. No. This was clean cut. So he got up now, just like he had been before. And he said, okay, this is a woman. She was taken out of me. Think about the wisdom. This is intimacy with God. This is the closeness that the man had with God. What? This is where your power of faith will come from. You've got to build a genuinely deep relationship with Almighty God. Get off of the peripheries of living uh, 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 so-called everybody. Well, well, I go to church. I go to First Assembly. And everybody knows the reputation of First Assembly. That's a good church. It's a good pastor and everything's What about you? What about your relationship? Is it intimate? That's where you're, you see, you, you ask any pastor, 
has any prosperity. The least of the church, they will live a little longer. They will live a little healthier. You know why? Because those believers have drawn so close to God that I don't have to get on the phone to call the pastor every day anymore. No, there's a time for that, okay? And I'm not dissing anybody who does that. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. I love when people call me to get some spiritual help, spiritual leadership, guidance, direction, even generally, wisdom in life generally. I don't have a problem with that. That's what we are here for. But you know what? The closer you get to God, the more intimate you get to God, the less you talk with people. Oh, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. The less you will talk with people. And that's where our problem lies because we think that the person that we're talking to is confidential. And then we discover it was not really so as we had thought. And that's why Jesus Christ said one thing. The Bible says, and Jesus did not commit himself to man because he did not need that anybody should tell him about man because he knew what was in man. And so Jesus decided that he was going to build a close relationship with his father. So every time he would come aside a while, slip aside a while, and he would minister unto his father. And the two of them would talk day and night, night and day, build up that kind of relationship with the Lord. God found that Noah was the only righteous man because he had a relationship with him. And God said, no, this is what I want you to do. Build me an ark. He didn't call a thousand men, a thousand builders and say, build me an ark. He didn't give out a big, huge contract to a thousand men and say, hey, yo, I I have a big ark to build. This is a huge building project and I'm going to have to have a thousand men on this. I I want this. He called Noah because Noah had a relationship with him. And Noah was going to do exactly what he wanted to do, the way he wanted his ark to be built, because you got a thousand men, everybody comes with their own ideas. But this man was intimate with God, and God gave him all the specs to construct the ark, because of his intimacy with God. Same thing with Moses. God said, Moses, listen, I want you to build me a tabernacle. I want you to do this. I want you to get a set, a set of people. We're going to call them uh, uh, our own. And, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to set a nation for ourselves. God could have only done that with one man because this man was intimate with God. Moses spent time with God. And you can go a whole long list. Enoch, Abraham of God. You know, walk with God so closely that God says, hey, look, I can't have you down there any longer. Come up here and dwell with me. Let's talk up here. The Bible says he went to be with Lord, to be, to be with the Lord. He walked with God and he was not for God to Translated, so closely relating to God. David, the Bible says he's a, he was a man after God's own heart. After God's own because everything David was about to do, the Bible says, and David inquired of the Lord. David just won a battle here. God said to him, I want you to, uh, uh, to go up, go around by the mulberry trees. When you hear the rustling in the trees, know that I'm ahead of you. Come on, the battle is yours. And when that battle is done, David sits down there. He is going to another battle. And for all it's worth, he's not moving because he needs direction, divine direction, because he knows that that divine direction is going to take him to his victory. He knows that. So he stays with God. He says, somebody said, hey, why are you so stupid? But you just spoke with God and God told you to go up there. Go on up again. David said, no, 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 no. That's not the way. Be going back to God. Because every situation in your life needs divine direction and needs a specific guidance and leadership and direction. And so David went back to God again. He said, Lord, you're not about God says, All right, you take your time, you stay there and you wait until I give you further instructions. That's intimacy with God. 
That's where the power of faith comes alive. See, the woman of Holland, too, you see the power of faith? Spend more time with God. Spend more time with God and in his word. Josiah, a powerful example of a young man. He was eight years old and he began to reign. And he did that for 31 years in Jerusalem. And the Bible says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And declined neither to the right hand nor to the left hand. He made straight paths for his feet. Everything that God says for Josiah to do, this is exactly what he did. Intimacy with God. Intimacy. And you see the results of the lives of these men. Faith can only be operated through Jesus and his word. Just remember that. Faith can only be operated through Jesus and his word. And it encompasses every facet of our lives. I, I love I love what uh, Jacob said. Hear, hear Jacob's word. He was blessing his children. Here's what he said. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk. Listen to these words now. The God which fed me all my life long unto this
still say amen for me. Amen. You made strong. Endunambo. In the Greek, it's to empower, to enable. It's to increase in strength. It's to be strong out of your weakness. It's to be established. It's to make you stable spiritually, mentally, emotionally, every possible way. I am made stronger and stronger, increasing more and more, going deeper, higher, wider, making straighter and clearer paths for my feet. He has made my feet Nine feet, hallelujah. He once he brought me up out of that miry clay and he set my feet now on a rock and I'm not going to be moved. Come hell or high water, you can land me between the devil or the deep blue sea. My feet are firm and steadfast and they're going to be unmovable. I'm not going to back down. I'm only going to be going forward. Hello, somebody. I'm going to be pressing toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to allow anything to get me back. I'm not going to stagger at the promises of God, but I'm going to be strong in faith. That's the results of the power of faith. Make not only strong, not only made strong, but with perfect soundness. Perfect soundness. Listen up on this. Somebody needs it. Physical wholeness. Complete in every part. In extent, listen to this, in extent. In amount, in time, or degree, physically, mentally, emotionally, through and through, all, all. That's the, that's the result of the power of faith. I'm fully complete. I'm fully whole. I am. I'm not lacking or wanting. And let me tell you something. I'm not going to be bothered with how I feel in my physical structure. I'm not going to be bothered with what wants to come and bubble my mind because if my Bible tells me that it is my, that my perfectness, my perfect soundness comes from the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that's where my faith rests and that's where my faith lies. Hey, I'm going to be strong with perfect soundness and nothing shall alter that. I'm not going to allow anybody to do anything. And that's why I like David. And that's why I like Paul. Paul says, they come to me. And they wept. And they wept. And they wept. And all the ladies came up on the shoulders. and says, oh, brother Paul. Brother Paul, don't go down to Jerusalem. We have had prophecies that you are going to be taken and you're going to be bound up. And they cried and they cried. Paul says, but me to weep and to cry at thee. And he said, I am going down to Jerusalem. If they kill me, they kill me. But none of these things will move me. None of these things will move me. Because a man had a faith. Hey, here David. Here David. Six hundred men surrounding him. They had lost their wives and their children and their flocks and their stocks, carried away to Ziklag. And all of those men picked up stones. David was right here in the center. And all they were waiting for was the word to cast the stone. And the Bible says, and David stood there and he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know what I want to tell you? There are some days God will do it. There are 
some days where God is going to move everybody from around you. What are you going to do then? What are you going to do then? What are you going to do then? You know, there's an old time song which says you run to the rock for rescue and there is no rock. Hear me. When there is nobody around you, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. That will only come out of the power of your faith, which is as a result of your intimacy with God. You have to rely on that intimacy with God for the power of your faith. Uh, no, let's talk about Job. No, let's talk about Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And then he says, I know my Redeemer lives. I'm going to stand at the latter day. So I'm not sinking. I'm not going under. I will be steadfast. Like Paul says, unmovable. And I'm going to abound in the work of the Lord. As a result of your strength and perfect soundness in you, you are now protected against temptation to doubt or to be discouraged. So people will come around you and they're talking all kinds of negative things and they're saying all kinds of negative things and they're projecting all types of negative thoughts and everything sounds very, very helpless, hopeless, lost, negative, broken, everything, everything, everything that they say. But you're sitting there and you recognize, did you know what? This is not affecting me. That is not affecting me. What he's saying is not affecting me. What she's saying is not affecting me. You know why? Because of the power of faith, the result of the strength, the perfect soundness now that you have. What people are saying is not worrying you. Because you remember that time when Jesus said to, uh, to the centurion, he said, I'm coming, I'm coming down to heal your daughter, not to bother. I'm coming down. But then the next thing, you know, a whole crowd came up to the man and said, hey, hey, don't worry the master anymore. Don't worry. Your daughter is dead. It's all over. And the Bible says, I love what the Bible says. The Lord caused me to recognize it. Hear what the Bible says. Immediately, immediately, Jesus turned to that man and says, your daughter shall live again. You know what Jesus did? He neutralized the negative word. You can only neutralize negative words with the power of faith, which comes out of your intimacy with Almighty God. And you can neutralize every demonic talk. You can neutralize every negative talk. You can neutralize everything that's negative around your life because of your strength with perfect soundness. You are protected against the temptation to doubt or to be discouraged. When temptation came to Jesus, the power of faith went to work. It is written. It is written. It is written. Neutralize that devil and his works. Because of his intimacy with his father. You can now command things to be done. You can command things. Oh, you're not bearing? From this day, you never go to bear any more fruit. Hereafter, bam, and the fig tree withered. These I was looking at him and say, so soon, have faith in God. Hello, somebody. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. That's what strength with perfect soundness does. It commands things to be done. You got a mountain somewhere in your way? Is there a mountain? It's so high. It's formidable. Oh, oh my gracious. I've never seen such a mountain. That was so high. When 
see such a river that was so wide. And I've never had such a problem that had me asking how. But I, I know Jesus, and he will not fail me now. Yes, I know he will not fail me now. There are some things God will just allow. But I believe there is hope for me. And I'll hang on somehow. He's faithful. Oh, yes, so very faithful. Oh, yes, and I know he will not fail me now. I can't sing like Pat. I can't sing like Reggie. I can't sing like Forbes. I can't sing like nobody. I can sing like me. But I got the words. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. You can command things out of your relationship now because you are strong with perfect soundness. You are now enabled to exercise authority over the Lord's adversaries, over Satan, over sicknesses, over difficult situations and different situations, whatever they might be. says he did not bring a railing accusation against Satan. He didn't have time for that. All he said was the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Let me tell you something. Ladies and gentlemen, have no arguments with Satan. Don't get into disputes with the devil. You can't win no dispute with Satan. That's his name. Quarrels and fights and rows, those, those are, that's his character. You can't win him on that. But what you can win him on is out of your relationship with Almighty God, your intimacy with God, your ability in Christ, your ability in God. You can command that devil. I command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here is Joshua. Here, here, here is Joshua with the angel of the Lord standing by him. And here is Satan on the other side. And all the angels said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. This is a brand plucked out of the fire. You can't trouble him. He is mine. He's a chosen vessel of mine. The Lord rebuke you. You and I have got to come to that place. And all we need to do is rebuke that devil. In whose name? In Jesus' name. You can now affect this and the next generation. This. You see the far-reaching effects of faith? You can affect this and the next generations. The generations to come. You can have faith for the coming generations. There is a beautiful example in scripture. But not have even been thought of as an example that can be used here. But Elijah was a man of faith. Elijah was a man went to the widow's home, said, okay, you're not to bother. Don't bother. The barrel of meal, the cruise of oil, that's going to fail. This famine is going to done. You and I will still be eating here. The blessing of the Lord came to him. But that's not who I know. The woman got a son. At the word of God, she got a son. And then the next thing you know, the son died. The woman came to Elijah. What's going on here? 
You come to call my sins to remembrance. You come to affect me, to afflict me, to trouble me, to worry me. She said, what's the problem? I said, look, I, I put him in the same bed that I give you to sleep on. I put my dead child on your bed. See what you will do with that. The power of faith went to work. Elijah went up there. And when he was done, he came back with the son, living, and presented the son to the woman. Let me tell you something. I see that. This is this woman's son. I see this as family and future affecting the works of darkness, principalities and powers. Here is the future. Faith for the future. This boy would have learned. This boy would have learned that he was raised from the dead. And he now knows what power of faith does in the life of an individual. Let me tell you something. Don't be afraid concerning your sons and your daughters. Once you have established in their lives and your family, hey, the power of faith. Hey, boy, you ain't got nothing that you can do to keep you out of heaven. Tell your sons that. Tell your daughters that. Ain't got nothing that you can do to keep you out of heaven. You got to tell them, bold and brass, I'm going to see you get to heaven. I'm going to, hear what the Bible says, you go and compel them to come in, in the name of Jesus. And you know how you can do that? Through your intimacy with God. You don't have to go for quarreling and rowing and flicking a fuss and fuming about anything and everything. But out of that power of faith, out of that relationship that you have with God, you see that boy, you see that girl into the portals of heaven. Give God some praise. See them raised from the dead. Raised from the dead because of the power of faith. Amen. Last week. Isaiah 45, 11. Isaiah 45, 11. What does it say? Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his Maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands Command ye me. That comes out of intimacy with God. Not only that everybody can just go about saying, Hey, you, I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preaches, come out of him. Paul I know. Jesus I know. But who are you? Concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command me. Think over that remarkable pledge of God to those who pray, command ye me. He actually places himself at the command of his praying preachers and a praying church. This is a sufficient answer to all doubts, all fears, all unbelief. This is a wonderful inspiration to God's work in God's way by prayer. It is unquestionably thought that in going forward with their God-appointed tasks, preachers can command God in their prayers. To pray is to command his ability, his presence, and his power. Certainly, I will be with you, is the reply to every sincere, inquiring minister of God and every Christian. All of God's called workers in the ministry are privileged to stretch their prayers into regions where neither words nor thoughts can go. They were permitted to expect from 
This is my challenge to you today. Money answers all things, but it takes faith to move mountains. And only God can move mountains. But faith and prayer moves God. Money answers all things. But it takes faith to move mountains. And only God can move those mountains. But you know what moves God? Prayer and faith in God. I invite you. If there is anything, if there is something real outstanding. For a long time. This has been a bugbear in my life. It has, if there, if there is anything that has stood out in my life that seemingly wants to be a hindrance to me, it is this particular thing. Is there something like that in your life today? Can we pray about it? I'm like your pastor. Just believe in prayers. When people call me to talk about things, I said, I, I, the first thing I can do is just invite them to pray. Because I know the master who answers all prayers. If there is something that is formidable in your life today, and you want us to pray about it, I don't know what it is. You can come and join me right now at these altars and let's pray. For a few moments, for a few moments, if there is anything in your life, anything at all, that's a bugbear, that's standing as an opposing factor or force, I've shown you the way, but you may take some time to get there, so I'm ready to pray for you and on your behalf until you get there. Where you can demonstrate in for your own life the power of faith. God bless you, brother. I'm waiting for the altars to be filled with people at this time. Come and let's pray. God has endowed my life with faith. That's what he has done. He has endowed my life with faith. And let me tell you something. I believe God. God. 